Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Today, I hope we can talk about how to create your own resurrection story today. Yep, it's spring. It's the time of year when most religions and spiritual groups tell stories of, you know, new life, new hope, new birth. And the word we use is resurrection. That's what new birth, new hope, new life means in the dictionary. Some of these are ancient stories of resurrections of gods and goddesses all throughout religions and spiritualities around the world. Some are stories of sacred beings and their reincarnations. So I've always been mesmerized and I love, 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 love these stories. And who's an expert at it, of course, is Disney. Walt Disney knew that humans want to be fed by powerful stories of resurrection. They have made fortunes, and they do magnificent portrayals of heroes that are near death. You know, they've either had some destructive behavior, something's happened to them, whatever's happened, but they get resurrected into happiness in a new life. And all you know this, because we all look at great movies, we look at the best books, we look at the best storytellers, every single one of them are all about great resurrection stories because the greatest part of our human experience is the coming back to life. Whether it's after a failure, a death, destructive behavior of ourselves, the loss of a child, the loss of health, whatever it is, we like a good story about resurrection. During this season of spring and rebirth, I hope you can travel with me a little bit to consider creating your own resurrection story. I'd like to invite you to think about your own personal resurrection story. I'm thinking about mine this time of year for sure. Let me begin by admitting I came from a long line of Roman Catholics. So the only way I ever heard the word resurrection, of course, was the Jesus story of Jesus was crucified, was in the tomb for three days, came out, they came, found the stone opened, and Jesus had resurrected. So the story, again, it's a global story that tells us Jesus was killed, he stayed in the tomb for three days, and then experienced resurrection. He moved from death to life. We were taught in my childhood that it was unique. Only God could have had this resurrection experience. But maybe, just maybe, this is an archetypal, powerful story that calls each of us from our own death and destruction into resurrection. And after much reflection, I believe the resurrection story was a story for all of us to embrace and live by. Psychologically and spiritually, there are many forms of death or crucifixion, hatred, resentment, criticism, jealousy, greed, fear, anger. My God, I've seen these things tear people's lives apart, tormenting one another, problems with personal relationships. These are just a few examples of death to yourself, to your soul, and how we can hurt and harm each other, and especially ourselves. You can crucify and destroy yourself, and you can destroy others as you destroy yourself. But the great news about a resurrection story is that you can move beyond your challenges or darkness, because I believe every one of us are called into the journey on our way into the light. And you can move to your true self. 
The first step is to become aware of your perceptions and any negative thinking that are destroying or killing the happiness and joy in your life. Anything, any thoughts, any words, any actions that you're living right now, take a deep breath, that you're creating, that, are cre that, that you're creating, that helps create suffering and death to your soul. So maybe these can be examined and released, especially during this time of year. This is an invitation to resurrect yourself. Most of us continue making the same mistakes, as we all know, over and over again in some form. We keep making the mistakes over and over, but it only changes when we change our perception and our thinking. I mean, you know, whether it was uh, one day when I decided to quit drinking and I uh, saw this bottle of scotch and I went, oh my God, I cannot believe I've been taking that into my body. But it took my clear thinking and my perception because I grew up into an Irish Catholic family that drank and smoked and did, you know, celebrated all the time. And um, I thought it was normal, but it was only when I changed my perception could I change that. And you too can bring yourself and others back from the dead. You can defy death by giving yourself and others love and hope and healing. But have you ever, think about this, have you ever brought somebody else back from death? I bet you have and you just don't know it. Because every time you have forgiven someone, you listen to someone, you've given them hope and you've loved them, you have brought them back from death. I know I have, after spending most of my life listening to patients and clients, you know, listening to their pain and suffering. I've had the privilege, seriously, the just, I can't even tell you, the magnificent privilege of sharing their journey back into the light at, where they experience love and happiness. I have experienced their resurrection. Every time I see a drunk put down his bottle of alcohol, there's a resurrection going on. Every time I see a dropout go back to school, there's a resurrection going on. Then every time I see a parent love their wounded child or one that was estranged and left home and came back, there's a resurrection going on. And for myself and others that have almost had fractured marriages where we almost ended up in divorce, I can speak firsthand that when we got counseling and found each other again, there was a resurrection going on because after that we continued to fall in love more every day. There are many ways you personally can create your own resurrection story. So let's talk about some tools for you to create your own resurrection story. I think first you have to have a heightened state of awareness. I mean, really, that's the only way that you can see your soul or the things, maybe habits that you're doing are literally killing you or crucifying your life. <clears throat> Pay attention to your life and to others, okay? Because that will open your heart and your mind. You notice everything is made new with every breath. Once you start being really aware, you'll notice little resurrections in your life all around you. Just before this podcast, I went to take the dogs out. So I took out Grace and Olivia, and I have about 46 camellia bushes. They're white, they're pink, they're peach. They're a very, very, t oh God, gorgeous color of red. And all of a sudden, I was racing them out to come back, and then I this bush <laughs> that just started blooming, and it's the most gorgeous color of a peachy, peachy kind of peachy pink. And I walked up to it and got tears in my eyes. And I said, 
I almost came out here and I didn't, I wouldn't have noticed you. I, I, I wouldn't have seen your regal colors. I'm so sorry. So after I did that, I just decided uh, to sit in the fresh grass, which smells luscious and especially it's spring. So everything's turning green. And I just sat there, two little birds uh, flew right by me and sat on the fence and looked at me. So a heightened state of awareness you will begin to notice there are little resurrections in your life going on all over the place. We just don't stay aware enough to notice them. And stay in the present moment. What I did, too, I was racing out, racing in, but I got called into the present moment by that magnificent beauty of that camellia bush. The past is over. That's a fact. The future is totally unknown. Relish, cherish the present moment in your own presence and in the divine presence. Next, listening to other people is magic. When you look into someone's eyes and listening to that person, you're opening their heart to resurrection in a new life. Everyone wants to feel special. They want to feel special enough that you are listening to their stories, to their life, and what they have to say is important, that someone really deeply listens and cares about them. When people say, how do you become a great therapist, a great writer, or whatever, I would have to say of all the people I've known in my life, teachers, mentors, authors that I've met and read their books, um, Nobel Prize winners, whatever it's been, listening is magic. Never underestimate it. And whether it was Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, whether it was Martin Luther King, whether it was Jesus, whomever it has been, the Dalai Lama, who I happen to have known, they listen very deeply, and the magic in the person's eyes that they're listening to, it, 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 it's divine. Next is reverent respect. Our world is filled with disrespect these days. I live in the United States. We cannot turn on the television or social media without people. It, it actually hurts my soul when I experience on a global stage, and especially in our country, the disrespect people have for each other and especially older people, even like myself. They, um, for some reason, if you, you know, or if you're overweight or maybe you're not as beautiful as, as some other people, it, it's, it's amazing. It's a pandemic of disrespect right now. I really, really believe that. So, but every time you show respect for another person, yourself, an animal, a flower, that camellia I just saw, you're lifting that being, that piece of creation, into the light. Showing your reverent respect for all creation creates healing, hope, and love. And you can laugh at me, but I swear the other camellias were kind of moving, and I don't think it was just the wind that I sang them a little song, told them thank you for the joy they were bringing me. They know. Everybody knows. Show compassion. When you show compassion... You open your heart, your mind, and your soul to the pain of someone else. And your energy can lead someone back home to their new resurrected self. You know, I learned this when I, of course, worked at uh, most of my life, whether I've worked at hospitals, whether I've worked at cancer units, hospice. Uh, I work with very violent inner city kids. When you start with what we're talking about, be present, listen, have reverent respect and show compassion. They know it. You never have to say a word. They know 
that you are one with them, not one over them, not somebody just listening to them and kind of patting them on the back. Compassion means that you are opening your heart. And literally, when it's been said in scripture, uh, the word compassion literally means the opening of the bowels, the tearing open of the guts. It's that deep of a feeling. So lots of times we will just glaze over compassion. It is a very powerful word in its ideology in the beginning of, of what it meant when it was first when it first emerged. Next, get enthusiastic. Okay? And I know this works. Your enthusiasm can recharge your life and others. Your energy can bring yourself and others back to life. Enthusiasm means in Latin and means in enthusiastic means God. So when you're energetic it really means you're in God. I will never forget, my father was a salesman, and he'd take me with him when he'd go on these sales calls because he wanted to teach me human behavior. So he would go into a place, he sold uh, cookies and crackers at one point, and he'd go into the store manager, and he'd say, you know, I really want six more inches for my crackers so that I can end cookies so I can sell some more. And they would go, no, no, uh -uh, we just don't have that room, Mr. Hall. And I will never forget, He'd wink at me, and all of a sudden he'd smile, and he'd go, but if you just give me six more inches, Mr. Hawkins, six more inches for a week or two, I promise you will have more sales, and I'll prove it to you. Please, okay, just, just this one time. His energy, his voice, the way his body moved, the way he moved towards Mr. Hawkins, and Mr. Hawkins would go, you know, Mr. Hall, I, I'm going to have to do it because you just... You just tear me up. I really like you, and you're really funny. He'd go, okay, great. Let's go have a cup of coffee together. So do you see that relationship that happened in enthusiasm after he was being told no? So his life lessons, as tragic as my father's life was, as um, challenged as my father was, because I've talked about him in other podcasts, he was enthusiastic. He taught me about charism. Charism is is defined in Greek as divine energy. It's a gift of God. Okay, every one of us can tap on that any moment. Next, is he, this is huge. So if you want to resurrect somebody, and I mean you want to do it in a second, forgive someone. You're resurrecting yourself and you're resurrecting the other person. Uh, well, there's some kind of saying that if you don't forgive somebody, it's like div di uh, digging a grave for that person. You might as well dig a grave for yourself beside it. Because there is a bondage. There's a bondage in a relationship when you will not forgive somebody. So what you're doing is you're releasing the bondage of unforgiveness and bringing your relationship back from death to life. You know, it's, it's uh, not forgiving. My husband does this all the time, especially um, he'll talk to me about my family and he'll say, you know, I cannot believe your brother or your sister did this again, that again. I don't come from a family that can do that. How can you forgive him? And I said, because if the doors close, there can never be a future of conversation. He, I know, maybe won't talk to me, but I have to forgive him and open that door because it releases me and it releases my heart and soul that my vibrational frequency goes up and I can love him more. So forgiving someone and forgiving yourself, by the way, forgiving yourself is one of the greatest experiences of resurrection you can have. And for those of us that have been married and had children and had careers and had coworkers and neighbors, 
we have to forgive ourselves. A lot of us have done things to other people through this very long life. You have to or you haven't been alive. So forgiving is one of the biggest things that I would teach anybody to do for a life of resurrection. Be grateful during your busy day. Every few hours, what I do is turn on my timer, okay? So every three hours, I stop this, my, this beautiful music goes off and I say what I'm grateful for, like the camellia bush. Then I also take deep breaths for a minute. <laughs> Inhale to the count of four. And I exhale to the count of four. I'm so grateful for my breath and my lungs that I am breathing in. I believe I am breathing in the divine. It was the first thing each of us did when we were born, and it is the last thing we will do when we die. Believe me, I've been with so many people as they died. It's unbelievable and how you learn how sacred and precious it is. So it's a way to be grateful, right? So be grateful every few hours. Look around. You don't even have to look around. Just, I'm thankful for my dog. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for my health. Then take a deep breath. Inhale. And what I say when I breathe in is I say, breathing in, I breathe in God. And then as I exhale, I say, slowly, breathing out, I exhale God. So I always want to, every few hours, breathe in gratitude and exhale gratitude. Okay? It is a resurrecting experience for yourself every few hours. Next, bring home, bring hope, excuse me, into someone's life. Hope, hope, hope. I want you to take a deep breath right now and just think of hope. And you can't help but almost smile. Hope. It's an alive energy. I wrote a book on this called Uncommon Hope. It's a great book. But anyway, when I've been in states of despair myself and, and lost, huge losses I've had in my life like you have, most people have, someone encouraging me with their own hope for me, when I didn't have hope for myself, has led me out of my own darkness and resurrected me. Seriously powerful stuff. Hope. Hope, hope. Hope is an energy. I've watched hope bring people who had terminal cancer back to life. I've watched hope in our marriage bring our marriage back. I've watched hope change my daughter and my relationship into one of love and respect and an amazing future. Hope. Hope, hope, hope. And just remember, too, next, joy is infectious. Okay, it's infectious. When you're joyful, you, 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 you know, it's like, a, it's like the flu or a cold, except the positive variant of it. Try to always bring joy into other people's lives. It's a powerful elixir that'll lift anyone out of darkness. Because your joy is a huge elixir for absolute resurrection. Joy. And please be kind. Kindness. Kindness is an incredible healing energy. And kindness, one young man's act of kindness literally saved my life. He brought me from death to life with his kindness. I had had a traumatic brain injury. I'd been run over by a car and I had just gotten out of the hospital and part of my brain was smashed and... Anyway, I was having a really, really hard time coming back, and I just didn't think I could take the pain, my body pain, because uh, everything was broken, and I was in a wheelchair, and it, it was a really, really, really rough time. And the part of my brain that had been damaged was leading me to a significant depression. So um, 
one morning, about 10 o'clock in the morning, I went out to try to feel better, and all of a sudden the traffic on the main road on Peachtree in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I said, you know, all I have to do is just fall right in front of all this traffic because it's going so fast up this road, and it would be over, my pain, suffering, all of this would be over. So I sat there just staring at the traffic, thinking about it, and I was there for some time. I don't know how long, but I was there for, I don't know, maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes. And all of a sudden, this car, this I saw, noticed off my peripheral vision, this guy in this old Renault, it must have been 20, 30 years old, it was actually pink, and this little young black boy, probably 19 years old, 18, jumps out of the car, rushes up to me, grabs me by the arm, pulls me back off the curb, and he goes, ma'am, ma'am, are you okay? And I said, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm okay. Why did you do this? Why do you have your flashers on on this main street? Why did you stop? What are you doing? He said, I'm, I was on my way to work and I'm late. And he said, I drove by you and I heard this voice and I had this sense. And I looked in the review mirror and I saw you leaning and I thought, she is going to jump in front of traffic. I can feel it. So he said, I turned right and went around the block. And then I stopped at the stoplight. When I came back around, I stared at you. And you were staring, and I looked again. And then I came back around the block, and I thought, no, no, I have to trust my instincts. I have got to go, you know, touch this woman, talk to her, see what the problem is, whatever. I burst out crying. I burst out crying. He hugged me, this sweet, sweet, sweet cherub. He hugged me. He sat me down over on a bench that was by the building where I was standing there. He took his car, parked it in a parking place, came over, took me up to the, walked me up to my apartment, and uh, we had a cup of coffee, and he stayed with me for about an hour. He saved my life. I'm not kidding. I was in one of the darkest places. Uh, I, I'm able to function usually on a pretty high level, and my life has pretty much been that way no matter what, what sorrows or grief or whatever. I'm like the comeback kid. I always, you know, come back. This was a pretty significant traumatic brain injury, and I was at the bottom. His kindness saved my life. So don't underestimate it in a resurrection story of someone being dead, near death, an addict, someone who's had, having trouble with alcohol, having trouble with serial marriages, having trouble with their own self-esteem. Do not underestimate that your kindness can be a lifesaver, please. And one of the biggest changes in my life and one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, type of resurrectors, I guess, I don't even know if that's a word, would be spiritual teachers. The spiritual, a spiritual teacher can guide you into a light from the mundane life you're living into abundance and love. And I know this. Uh, it was, and of course, it's been formal teachers like undergraduate, graduate school, master's, doctorate, all my, you know, postdoc training and clinical. I've had z just so many unbelievable mentors and spiritual teachers, um, but especially one, Dr. Bill Mallard at Emory, saved my life. He um, he didn't look at me; he looked into me. He looked through me, with his love and his wisdom and his guidance. I trusted him with my life. He asked me to be his teaching assistant. He was a, a professor at Emory. 
And so I became a TA and I taught with him and for him. And through that experience of a year, he changed my life. He literally was a resurrection experience for me and it set my whole life in a different trajectory. So find a spiritual teacher or become one for others, okay? Because I know my life has been resurrected and I owe him so much and so many other people. And we need teachers. We need teachers to guide us and to teach us new ways of, of looking at ourselves and being in the world. And finally, last but not least, join a group. Joining a group can help you heal your wounds. It can transform your life in the most powerful way. Beyond belief, get in a group. There you'll find the healing power of acceptance and wisdom. You'll um, hear other people's invaluable experiences of heaven and hell and the kindness, the acceptance in a group. A group is a unique and powerful opportunity for you to grow and be resurrected in ways you would never even consider. I've sat in uh, AA, which are Alcoholic Anonymous groups, and watched lives changed forever, forever, uh, by saying, I'm, you know, I've ruined all these people's lives and I'm not going to drink anymore. And the support of that group has literally sent their lives in a completely different journey, different direction. And I've uh, facilitated cardiac groups uh, with cardiac patients, cancer groups, hospice groups. And in all these groups, I watch these people come in, uh, a huge sense of loss, sadness, their health's been taken away from them. Um, they're afraid they won't survive, so they're filled with fear and worry and confusion and everything. And I have watched miracles, literally. Resurrecting miracles happen in the groups I've facilitated. It has been beyond a privilege to facilitate these groups and these healings and watch these people's lives change. They became like new brothers and sisters um, as they ministered and loved each other. And then also another big group for me is we have a, a foundation called the Dukes Foundation where we take really, really at-risk kids in the inner city, the violence of Atlanta, and we work with them. Most of these kids are living in hell, whether it's poverty, violence, uh, no hope of a life except maybe prison. And we take these children into our Dukes Foundation and literally have all these mentors and teachers and curriculum, and they literally are resurrected. We have two kids that got scholarships to Georgia Tech, USC. We have one that got a scholarship to Duke University. College after college after college, school after school. Our kids excel. But if they wouldn't have had this group, this opportunity, mentors, teachers, they never, never could have transcended it. So now as we come to a close, of our resurrected lives, please remember, this is the season of spring, of transformation, of resurrection. Each of us has this incredible opportunity to grow from the dead of winter and from the dead or destructive parts of our lives. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, I'm a big gardener and I have lots of trees and bushes and things that if they're not pruned back, they won't grow with the real life. They won't grow with this unbelievable rich um, buds and plants, and they won't live as long. But every year when I do it, my neighbors get terrified and go, Oh, my God, Kathleen, what are you doing? You're killing these plants. I went, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. It may look like dead to you, and, and uh, I'm killing them. But, but their resurrection time's coming in the spring. Just wait. And they go, I don't know how you do it. I'd be scared to death. But not only the trees, each 
and every one of us has the opportunity to be renewed each moment with small acts of resurrection in our own lives and in the lives of others. Thanks for joining me today. You know that I love you, wherever you are and whomever you are, and I pray for you every day. Um, Don't forget, we have a great newsletter. Please go to mindfullivingnetwork.com or for short, O-U-R-M-L-N, OurMLN.com. And uh, you can contact me at contact at, just go to the Mindful Living Network and click on contact, write me a note, tell me what you'd like to hear, any comments you have. I would love, love, love to hear from you. And remember our tagline at the Mindful Living Network. It's one people, one planet, and one future. This is our world, okay? It's our responsibility. Let's hold our hearts in our hands and heal ourselves in our world. Also, please share us. We are trying to teach the world to live mindfully and want to be here for everybody. So please share us with your family, your friends, your community. Let's do this together. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Okay? We've got great information there. We post I think Dickie posts like every single day, just great, great stuff that's free to everybody. Again, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So, we're here. Uh, I will always be here for you, and uh, body at this point, and mind, and forever in spirit. So, thank you. I humbly uh, say I'm grateful to you, and uh, thank you, because even doing this podcast with you, this experience has uh, resurrected me. And I have to humbly give you thanks for that and for this experience. Thank you.